so tiring it really is I can't imagine what you the Jets fan is feeling right now it's it's the same story if you think Adam Gase is writing a different story than what you've witnessed over the last five years I don't I don't know what to tell you Adam Gase is coaching this team horribly. Terribly. But what we must do is find the true errors of the Jets way. What we must do is look around and see what's really going on. Why can't this franchise find talent? They're Offensive line gave up eight sacks. They lead the league. I think they're tied with the Titans for the most sacks given up. It's the same story year after year. I have written about it so many times I can't even count anymore. As far as as far back as 2016. Headline, attention, Mike McCagnan. Fix the offensive line. Subheadline, signing free agents won't do the trick. The only thing that will ever fix this offensive line, and you could look at the numbers, you could look at around the league, is drafting premium talent at the position. It's the only way. Yet we get Quinn and Williams. We get Leonard Williams. Of course you won't you wouldn't pass on Darnold. Of course Jamal Adams is the difference maker at a position that is really, you know, 20 years ago safety really didn't move the needle. Today, thanks to matchups, thanks to the offensive rules of the game, strong safety is such a huge position in negating running back tight end matchups offensively. So you wouldn't pass up Adams either. But aside from those two guys, Every pick has needed to be offensive linemen. And for some unknown, crazy reason, the Jets haven't done it. How is that possible? It's the definition of insanity. Okay, they got Chuma Doga in the third round. That's the first step, the first glimmer of hope I saw from McCagnan in his five drafts. And it was way too late. Eric McCoy, the the center that eventually went to New Orleans, needed to be a Jet this spring. A tackle, one of those tackles, needed to be a Jet this spring. They needed to come away with two premium offensive line picks within the first three rounds. And legitimately, 
trade down. I don't know what offers were presented. You know there were offers presented. You know it. There were many reports. I'd be shocked if there weren't offers presented. Trade down. Acquire assets. Draft McCoy or Bradbury. Grab a tackle or two. Actually do what works in this NFL. You saw it in 2006 with Mangold and Brick. 2006. The last time the Jets drafted a first-round offensive lineman. It's a nightmare. 2010. The last time the Jets drafted a second-round offensive lineman. Okay, it's, it was Vlad Dukas. They missed. The point is, you're gonna you're gonna miss. The point is, you have to take those. Cha- you have to draft these guys. It's insane. Jacksonville, they lose by two touchdowns, 29-15. Defense played terribly early on. What Tremaine Johnson is doing on the field over at Hairston, I, I, I still, I can't under, I don't, I have no words. As you can tell, I have no words for why that's happening. Hairston came in, they started Hairston against Cleveland. He played well. The coverage held up. It was the pass rush that didn't get to Mayfield. Tremaine's out there. May, Marcus May, after doing after I do a film room on him and how great he's been as a tackler from the center field position, misses key tackles. Jamal Adams played his worst series of the year, that first series against um, Jacksonville. They march down for the touchdown. Jets respond. Gase is actually on point on the first drive. Three-step madness. Three-step and out. Darnold is in sync. They're doing the right thing offensively. Three-step quick. Touchdown. They take the lead because Jacksonville missed the extra point. But then Jacksonville realized, hey, let's not be stupid here. Why are we rushing four guys? I know that's our MO. We don't like to blitz. They're like Dallas in a sense where they like to play zone and they like to stay back. They're very vanilla and they rely on a talented front seven to get home. But they realized we'd be insane to keep doing that. That plays right into the Jets' hands. So they ramped up the pressure. They started bringing five and six guys. And when they did that, it was over for New York. Completely over. Interestingly, the pass protection, for the most part, there were a couple misses. The pass protection was on. They were doing the right things in the blitz pickup. That's the depressing part. Because when the protection's doing the right thing and they're still getting beat, that means your weapons aren't getting open. That means your quarterback's not handling it. And that means your offensive line talent is horrendous. The the Ngukwe sack, you know, I'm butchering his name, I'm sure, but the Ngukwe sack, sack, excuse me, was only a four-man rush. Beat Adoga on the edge, got to Darnold. That was either the first or second sack. I think it was the first sack. The series before is when Darnold threw the pick, and there was a free runner that came right down the gut. They rushed six against a five-man line. Le'Veon missed the block. He was too far away to take the straight-up-the-middle A-gap block, A-gap rusher. Darnold escapes, flushes to his left, tries to get Anderson on the comeback. 
Throws it too far inside. Interception. Jacksonville up. Jacksonville upped their their blitz, their pass rush, and from that moment on, after the first series, the Jets couldn't do anything. This is a nightmare. It creates bad habits for number fourteen. It makes him fear the pocket. It's the exact opposite of what you want to do with a young quarterback. It, it's a recipe for disaster. It's David Carr. That's what it is. And it lasted all game. I mean, do we really need to break this thing down? Yeah, I'll do film. <sighs> On what topic? I don't know. I guess we'll do the offense. The defense, you know what it is at this point. And the defense, we'll talk about them real quick. Quinn and Williams... Leonard Williams, folks, if you don't have legitimate edge pass rushers, everyone on the defense suffers. Jamal Adams is playing with a handicap. Leonard Williams is playing with a handicap. You put Willis on the outside. You put Kyle Phillips, who I love Kyle Phillips. He's a keeper. Phillips is a keeper, but he's a tweener. He's he's too big to play on the outside. Little too small to play on the inside. He, could, he what he's perfect at is a pass rushing interior guy in the sub package. That's what he's perfect at. In base, when he plays the edge, offenses are going to try to throw to the flat, and he's too slow to handle it. You saw it. We've seen it all year. Him trying to cover wheel routes. Him trying to cover in the flat. Phillips, Henry Anderson, Kafusi. These guys are too slow to play in the flat in the NFL, yet Greg Williams has to do it because he doesn't have edge rushers. Jordan Jenkins, Copeland has been out. Basham, those are the true edge rushers. Jenkins, Copeland, Basham. But he doesn't have enough, and he doesn't have the talent to get it done. You need two of those guys who could legitimately get to the quarterback. Jenkins, he's a great locker room guy, great teammate, great against the run. He shouldn't be an edge rusher in sub-package for, for legitimate defense. It, that's just the truth. So what you have is, because you're taking Quinn and Williams and you're not drafting edge players, and you're not signing edge players, we go, go back to free agency. Anthony Barr. McCagnan thought he was the only guy. Or McCagnan thought he was on his way. But even if he was on his way... He's not a legitimate proven edge rusher in the NFL. What they needed to do was go to Preston Smith, Zedarius Smith, uh, Flowers, and just back the truck up for those guys and hope to get two, like Green Bay did. That was in the Blueprint video I did, the Blueprint article. Forget Le'Veon. Forget everything else. In free agency, you back the truck up for the edge rushers. Maybe sign a corner. They didn't do it. The only guy that was rumored to be to to have an offer out there was Barr. And I don't think he would have solved their edge woes. That was the blueprint. Sign edge rushers, draft offensive linemen. That's it. It starts in the trenches. 
But McCagnin believes the offensive line is a patchwork item. He believes you could patchwork it, collect veterans, and get by. It's garbage. And I'll continue to maintain hope with Joe Douglas. He's a former offensive lineman. He was with tremendous franchises, namely the Baltimore Ravens, who know how to win football games and know how to build a proper roster, starting with the trenches. My God, if Sam Darnold was in Baltimore, he'd be a pro bowler. If he was in LA, he'd be tremendous. He's not. He got a raw deal with what he's playing with. So, that's the sin. That is the sin. Yeah, Adam Gase deserves all the criticism in the world. There's no question. But the real sin is how this football team has been built over the last five years. What puts the exclamation point on it is signing Le'Veon Bell. Man, Le'Veon Bell has been perfect. He has been everything the Jets could have wanted and more. Good guy. Great dude. Good teammate. Leader. Says all the right things. Even after getting his money, he was unfairly lumped into the Antonio Brown garbage. But guess what? That's what makes this so much harder. He should not have been signed. Only organizations who are on the wrong path dish out that kind of money to a running back when their offensive line stinks. You don't do it. It's a waste of resources. You're not allocating correctly. This is a salary cap league, and that's how you build championship teams. With shrewd decisions in the salary cap. You don't do that. What's the point? The man is battling. He has nowhere to go. What's the point? You can't just snap your fingers and say, oh, we got a stud running back. Our offense is good. It doesn't work that way. The offensive line makes up half the offense. Almost half. I'm not very good at math. Five out of five out of eleven. You just don't do it. I mean, yeah. The other thing is the injuries. No football team has been hit harder with injuries than this team this year. So everything's a mess. But nothing works if the trenches aren't clicking. It's a tried and tested football formula that's been around for. What? Nearly a century now? Actually, it is a century. What the hell am I talking about? 100 years. Doesn't matter what the rules are now. That will never change. That will never change unless you change it to flag football. You got a doga. And let's not jump, jump the, you know... Topic on a doga. We don't know what a doga is yet. You got you feel for him a little bit. It's thrown in there. Young kid. Battling. But we don't know if he's a keeper. Alex Lewis. Probably been their best offensive lineman. Khalil. 
who's been pretty bad. Winters, you know, he's he's got to be the fifth best offensive lineman on an NFL unit. And for the last four or five years, he's been relied upon as their, their best offensive lineman or second best offensive lineman. Shell, I've seen enough of Shell. I've seen enough. Beecham, again, even when he's in there, doesn't matter. Doesn't change anything. This unit stinks. It's terrible. And they're ruining Darnold because of it. I mean, you've seen history in the NFL. What ruins young quarterbacks? Bad offensive lines. You draft Darnold two years ago, you don't select one offensive lineman in that draft. Not one. The year prior, you don't select one offensive lineman in that draft. Not one. Over five years, McCagnett selected three offensive linemen, two in the fifth round, and a Doga. Once you got Darnold, you needed to just keep chipping away, selecting those guys until something stuck. But no, you can't pass on best available player, Quinn and Williams. Can't do that. The media says you can't do that. The draft board says you can't do that. He'd be crazy to select a Bradbury there. He'd be crazy to select a Jonah Williams there. The fans say you can't do that. Let me tell you something, folks. If the draft board meant anything, Derwin James wouldn't have been a mid-round, first-round pick. He would have been a third or fourth pick in his draft class. If the draft board meant anything, Joe Montana wouldn't have gone where he went, or Tom Brady. It's just for show. General managers have two tested formulas that they must abide by before anything else, before they venture out on their own. It always starts in the trenches and with the quarterback, something Joe Douglas has already said and something we never heard from Mike McCagnin. And players cannot hit their ceiling until their unit is first complete. What's Bill Belichick say up north? Do your job. Don't do more than your job. Just do your job. Know the situation. By every man, every one of the 11 men in the, within the unit doing their job to perfection, not doing more, not doing less, just their job, it completes the overall puzzle that is the unit that makes each person better because that man did his job. For the Jets' offense, if Sam Darnold does his job perfectly, it doesn't matter because the five offensive linemen up front are incapable of doing their job. Defensively, if Jamal Adams does his job brilliantly, perfectly, and Marcus May does the same thing, it doesn't matter. They're still handicapped. Because their edge rushers, their four-man conventional pass rush, is incapable of doing its job. Until every one of these single 11 positions, offensively and defensively, is capable of doing its job, these players won't properly develop. 
How simple is that? But instead of completing the units, they pile on to positions they already have and say, oh, we'll figure it out somehow. We can't pass on this kid. He's too talented. We'll figure it out somehow. Greg Williams is so good, he'll figure it out somehow. Todd Bowles is so good, he'll figure out how to play Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, and Leonard Williams all at the same time when there's only two spots available. Same with Leonard, Henry, and Quinnen. There's only two spots available, but we'll figure it out. What can you say? What can you say? At this point, you just got to hope, Darnold, these bad habits and this nightmare of not seeing ghosts, but seeing live 300-pound human beings fly at you, passes, and he could battle through it. But I don't know what evidence you have to think it's going to happen. You know, David Carr wasn't a terrible quarterback. He wasn't. It's not just about talent. It's not just about having it. It's about being put in the right positions. This is football. This isn't the NBA. Can't just put a guy out there and say, go. The program must be working. Everything must be working and hitting on all cylinders. So, Jets are 1-6. and six. Gates has a conference call at 2 today. They prepare for Miami. And it's a game in Miami. It's a division game. Doesn't matter what these teams' records are. Jets could win. Jets could lose. Right now, what is it? I think they would have the fifth pick in the draft if the season ended today. You got Miami. You got Washington. You got Atlanta. And I'm forgetting one more team. It's either fourth or fifth. Trade deadline is Tuesday. What do you do? If it's me, I'm trading as much as I can. And I'm putting faith in my drafting ability. That will get a nice infusion of young talent. On the offensive line. At the edge. At corner. At wide receiver. And that's the other thing. They need wide receivers. When pressure comes, a huge component of beating that pressure is having weapons that could win. Having good route runners. Route running is the key. Smarts is the key. Understanding coverages. It's a big key. So, Robbie Anderson, I mean, if it's up to me, I'm trading Robbie Anderson. Leonard Williams, see ya. Trade Leonard Williams. The interesting one is Marcus May. You haven't really heard any rumors, but May could make sense. Uh, there's, There's rumors today about Jamal Adams. I would not trade Jamal Adams. He's that good. Is it possible to trade Le'Veon Bell? Of course. You're not getting much for him. You're not getting a first-round pick? That's laughable. Is Le'Veon Bell worth a first-round pick? 
Talent-wise, yeah, of course. But he plays running back. Running back isn't a valuable commodity in the NFL. You're not getting a first-round pick. You're looking at a third-round pick for Le'Veon Bell, most likely. Would I trade him? I would, yes. You're going to get some dead space, but still come out on top in the end because of his salary. Anderson, Williams, May, Le'Veon, Brian Poole, that's another one. He's only on a one-year deal. A lot of teams would take Brian Poole. He's a really solid slot corner. On him, I don't know. I'm kind of 50-50. So trade deadline Tuesday. Should be interesting to see what the Jets do. Do they take the Miami route? Do they continue to battle? I think, if you're going to ask me to predict the future, I think they'll trade Robbie Anderson, try to trade Leo, and that's it. I don't think it's going to be a complete fire sale, but I do think acquiring assets for the draft is a move Douglas should make. One pick in each round is not enough. They need to stockpile. They need to draft multiple guys up front. They need to draft an edge or two. They need to draft a corner, a receiver. And they need to draft the guys they need, the positions of need. Enough with this best available garbage. Enough of with the fans listening. Enough. Stop rationalizing picks like Quinn and Williams at positions they don't need. Enough. I have fans emailing me. What could I do? What could I do? What could we do? What could we do to get Gase fired? What could we do to get the Johnsons to sell the team? Don't ask questions that have impossible answers. The Johnsons aren't going to sell the team. Gase, this is his first year. If they fired Gase, they'd have to pay Gase, Bowles, and the new coach next year. I don't think Gase is going anywhere. I think he has one more year, no matter what happens. The correct questions to answer, I'm sorry, the quick, the correct questions to ask are those of reaction to moves, to personnel moves. When you draft Quinnen Williams, don't buy the hype. It's not about Quinnen. It's not about the kid. He's got talent. He could turn out to be a solid player, but it's about fit. It's about scheme. He was not the right fit for the Jets. That's what it's about. What can fans do? Don't rationalize the offensive line every year. Oh, the offensive line isn't as bad as everyone says. They just need a running back. It's their terrible running backs that makes the bad the offensive line look worse. No, not true. That's the sort of rationalization that keeps McCagnan here for five drafts. If you got on him harder three years ago, two years ago, about leaving the offensive line completely bare, just bringing in tired veterans like Beecham, Spencer Long, Ryan Clady, if you got on him for that and looked at history, 
and looked at how many offensive linemen the Pats draft, the Eagles draft, the Saints draft, in the same span as the Jets under McCagnan, like seven or eight or nine or ten offensive linemen to McCagnan's three, you'd actually understand that's not the way to build a football team. That's what you do to help. You don't excuse silly moves like Le'Veon Bell. You don't play the fantasy Madden world. You set, you look at it the right way. You look at it objectively. Le'Veon Bell, great running back. Unfairly judged. But he's not the right piece at this moment. What is the point in bringing in a stud running back behind a terrible offensive line? There is no point. It doesn't, it doesn't move the program forward. It only hurts it based on salary cap ramifications and direction of the franchise. That's why I was so nervous in the spring. The superstar signings, Bell, Mosley, the new uniforms, all the hype. It was all for show. It wasn't the real the real structure of the team improving. The team that wins the off-season headlines is the team that usually disappoints during the regular season. How often have you seen it? That's what you do. You look at it objectively. And you see what wins. You come to find out what wins in this league. That's how you hold their feet to the fire. I know you want to be excited for every new season. I know it. But you could still be excited and remain objective. That's what you need to do. And until the Jets prove they're willing to commit to this offensive line with first, second round talent and grab an edge rusher and we're not even talking about corner receiver now because it starts up front. Until they do that, you shouldn't have high expectations. It's just that simple. So here we are. Jets 1-6. and six, Off to Miami. And that's that. We'll see what happens as the Giants game following Miami will be one of futility. The loser of that game will be mocked and ridiculed around the city. Until next time.